wait a minute. I thought you were off this stuff, buddy. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Chuck, all right? Uh, Daddy needs his fix, you know? Jstrom, welcome to the Chuck Series Companion. Yes, welcome to the show. It's time for another episode of everyone's favorite show. But before we get into that, I would like to tell you to visit my website at chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. There is my blog where I write about each episode of Chuck. It's also where I post all of the new episodes of the Chuck Series Companion. You can also find a link to iTunes. That's right. The podcast now has its own feed on iTunes. So if you would, click on that link called iTunes. And it will take you straight to the Chuck Series Companion on iTunes where you could subscribe to the show. There's also another important thing you could do there. And that would be to rate the show. You could give it a star rating and you could review it. The more reviews I have, the better that it shows up on the TV film page. The reason it's important this show is on iTunes is for Chuck fans, Chucksters, new Chuck fans, whoever, who just happens to be getting into the show, they could find it on iTunes just by doing a search for Chuck. So I'm hoping they will find the podcast and they will uh, give it a try. It's really cool for the Chuck Series Companion to have its own feed where uh, people who want that specific show can subscribe to it. So hopefully if you dig the Chuck Series Companion, you'll be subscribing, you'll be reviewing, etc. Because, hey, I want to keep on trucking, you know? Before we move any further, I have two listeners to thank. The first one being Adam from the Bay Area, Adam Howard, and Eric Battaglia, for designing the kick-ass Chuck Series Companion logo. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out on chuckpodcast.blogspot.com or you'll see it on iTunes. That's my uh, logo art for iTunes. So I want to thank those guys for putting that together. Eric, that's really cool. I hope to hit you up for some more logos later. (laughs) Thank you so much. And also I wanted to thank Adam Sexton for mentioning the podcast on the Past and the Pending podcast. You guys should check that out. I have it linked in our fan club on Facebook. But also I'll post a link on this show's notes on chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you guys so much for that. Now, let's get into Season 1, Episode 5, Chuck versus the Sizzling Shrimp. And this is the tastiest of all episode titles of Chuck. Because <laughs> I love shrimp, guys. I don't know if I've ever ordered anything called Sizzling Shrimp on a uh, like a Chinese food menu or anything like that. But I've had like sweet and sour shrimp and stuff like that. I don't know if I specifically had Sizzling Shrimp. Uh, It sounds good, though. 
This episode of Chuck is interesting because one thing, if you want to classify television shows, you can tell some shows are procedurals like a CSI, NCIS, or, or you know, Law and Order type of shows. That's a procedural. Every week there's a new case, etc. But there's also uh, shows that are serialized where it's one ongoing story from week to week. Now, Chuck eventually becomes a very serialized show with procedural elements, meaning there are different spy missions from episode to episode, but also there's a long arc in each episode. In this episode, I, you could very much call it a standalone type of episode. Uh, the characters we meet in this episode, say like a character of Mei Ling, who we'll get to in this episode, um... It might be interesting if say like, oh, she will pay off later in the series. We'll meet her again. Actually, no, we'll never see her again. But it's interesting, like when you watch this episode, I almost think like, oh, Mei Ling would have been cool if she showed up later on, but she never did. Maybe they had it in their heads, the showrunners, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but this is very much kind of like, I almost like to think season one, they're, look, they're trying to find their identity and how they want to do the show. There's very much a lot of cool elements in place, Chuck, Sarah, and Casey, and the Buy More dynamic, but they don't get into a more serialized story arc till later. Um, you know, we have the Bryce stuff coming up, which goes, you know, that they've been setting up with each episode, kind of mentioning. So that's cool. So this is kind of a standalone episode. You know, there are the elements of Chuck and Morgan and uh, Ellie. You know, we'll learn in the episode about this holiday that Ellie and Chuck have come up with. And uh, there's that stuff, how to deal with his sister. The main crux of this spy life for Chuck is that he is going to have to do some lying to people he cares about. And we learn the cost of that over time. Now, this is a good beginning of that. Um, just think about it for a second. I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a pretty honest person. I can't tell lies, and I certainly can't tell people lies that I care about. I remember a long time ago, my dad said that uh, when you lie to someone, you're basically saying to someone, you don't really care about them. Now, what I'm talking about is that you're basically insulting the person you're lying to, saying that you're so stupid that you believe this crap I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think that's where Chuck's coming from, though. He's not trying to purposely deceive anyone. He's just in the situation where he can't tell the truth because of uh, national secrecy. Uh, it's classified. So I understand what he's going through. It sucks. Sucks uh, lying to your best friend, your sister, to the people you care about. So... Let's keep that in mind as we watch this episode. But also this episode has a very kind of Hong Kong action type of vibe to it. It's got like this funny device they use during the action scenes where it's freeze frames. I don't know what that is at all. Uh, it's directed by David Solomon, who uh, you will recognize when I... Uh, you, In fact, you will recognize his credits when I tell you the kind of shows that he's directed... You'll go like, oh, wow, this guy's directed a lot of stuff. And, you know, that's pretty much the way it's going to be for a lot of the Chuck directors. They're very, they're very talented TV directors. Like, for instance, this guy, David Solomon, he directed Firefly, 
Out of Gas. Remember that? That's a great episode. He directed that. He directed 19 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He directed True Calling, Las Vegas episodes, A Burn Notice. He directed one episode of Chuck, and this is it. He also went on to direct uh, many episodes of Dollhouse, Nikita. He directed some Fringe, Once Upon a Time. And now, most recently, he's directed uh, some Grim and Falling Skies. So, this guy, he's a, he's a vet of television. And it's got this interesting device, as I said before, where it freeze frames in the action scenes, which I think is kind of silly when I watch it now. Uh, I can understand if this is like uh, Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz kind of love letter to Hong Kong cinema or something. Okay, I get that, I guess. It's not really John Woo-ish. You know, John Woo, that's... If you're going to talk about Hong Kong cinema and Hong Kong action movies, the one that I was into was John Woo. I was a John Woo aficionado, the killer, hard-boiled. And I'm talking before he came to America, okay, guys, and made Hard Target and made uh, (laughs) uh, Face Off. But his films in Hong Kong are just awesome. And if this is some kind of love letter to that kind of cinema, then that's awesome. I love it. I still don't know what the freeze frame stuff is, but it's it's kind of funny when I watch it. I think I almost think of it as like that's cute. They're doing little freeze frames and stuff. But uh, this episode was also written by Scott Rosenbaum. Now Scott Rosenbaum will go on to write many fantastic episodes of Chuck. This guy he wrote sixteen episodes of The Shield. He wrote nine episodes of Chuck. All I got to tell you is. He directed Chuck versus Santa Claus. He directed Chuck versus the Beefcake, Chuck versus the Breakup, Chuck versus the First Kill, the Three Words, the Nacho Sampler, the Beard. So this dude, he's written some great episodes of Chuck, and I'm excited about it. I remember reading that he left the show to go do the show V on ABC, which, uh, wow. Okay, hey, you got to move on. If you're going to become a showrunner, you got to move on. But, man, I would have stayed on Chuck. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. No, but more power to him, okay? He's written some great Chuck episodes, so that's exciting. So that's our writer and director out of the way. And one more thing I want to mention before we start. Before the episode starts, there's this music that plays that's been playing on Chuck for quite a couple of episodes, and I failed to mention it. On the pilot episode of Chuck, there's this music. It goes like this. That music played while Chuck was at Large Mart in the pilot episode. And then the very next episode, Chuck versus the Helicopter, that music plays in the background while in the Bymore. And that music is by a guy named Daniel May. And the reason I bring that up is because when this episode begins, there's more music by Daniel May. It's called Women's Wear. And if you listen to the background, as we hear about an evening with Morgan, this music is playing in the background. Sound familiar? <laughs> so 
So Daniel May is like a recurring theme throughout the show in season one. I don't know if it appears anymore, but it's been in th- at least three episodes, which I think it's funny. It's a funny Easter egg in the background. It's like music for stores or something. <laughs> so anyway, let's begin the episode. Chuck versus the sizzling shrimp. Now, when the episode begins, uh, we already established our Asian flair as Oregon, uh, <laughs> as Morgan is holding up a Chinese takeout menu. And he's talking to Chuck about an evening with Morgan. And have you, Chuck, please tell me you've told Sarah about an evening with Morgan. Chinese. Chinese. Oh, yeah, man. That's what an evening with Morgan's all about. You didn't forget to tell her, did you? About an evening with Morgan? No, 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 of course not. No, she's been looking forward to it all week. Oh, when are we going to hang out with your yeah, yeah, funny yeah. little friend? Yeah, she says that? Yeah. Good, 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 good. So Morgan reminds Chuck, make sure Sarah's head's in the game because he needs to know what she's bringing to this relationship. And this is kind of like borderline Morgan, still kind of... Uh, we know in the future Morgan is a great loyal friend. And we even know that now. Maybe now I need to analyze this. Whenever he's a little obnoxious towards Tara, I think he's just being protective to Chuck. I have to remember that. He's being protective towards Chuck. He doesn't know. And at this point in the series, what is it, the fifth episode? We don't know what Sarah's intentions are with Chuck. I mean, we do know because we know the real story, but I'm talking about from Morgan's perspective, he's not sure if Sarah's going to hurt Chuck. So he's being protective of him. And that's pretty cool, right? Make sure her head's in the game. Okay, this is kind of her big shot to prove to me she has something to bring to this relationship. Feeling? Uh, Hey, nothing but feeling you. Good, good, good. And I love when uh, Morgan comes up to Sarah, an evening with Morgan shall commence. And she's just like, an evening with Morgan? What? An evening with Morgan will begin at 7 sharp. Bring your A game. Love you, pal. An evening of Morgan. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, He's my best friend. And I haven't really gotten to spend any time with him or Ellie this week. And so he really wanted the whole bunch of us to hang out tonight. For an evening of Morgan. (laughs) And I love when Casey approaches and he's like, wow, I thought being stationed in the Kyber Pass was brutal. I thought being stationed in the Kyber Pass for six months was brutal. If you're so sad about not being included, Casey, you could just say so. Dinner with you and Morgan. I'd rather Afghani warlords bleed me from my liver. And I love when Chuck says... He's a happy person. He's a happy person. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that about him. Mm. And he works hard. Now let's cut to Chinatown, Los Angeles, at the Chinese consulate. We see this dude on the phone with somebody, and he's abducted. It's all subtitled, so he's talking about sister. She's talking about brother. So we know it's a brother and sister there. You know, these dudes hop out of a van. They abduct him. And when they close the van, it says Bamboo Dragon Restaurant. All right. That's interesting there. One thing I want to point out is the guy who's abducted drops his phone. And it's like this Sony cell phone. I used to have that phone. That was my cell phone for a long time. So it's funny seeing that tiny cell phone and realize that that used to be my phone. That was a sad time before I had a smartphone, guys. So thank God for progress, right? So cut to an evening with Morgan. The guys are in Chinatown, 
and Morgan is prepping them for the evening. An evening with Morgan will consist of three acts. Act one, dinner. What are we having? A little delicacy called sizzling shrimp. And here Morgan reveals to us sizzling shrimp is what they're going to have. I've never ordered sizzling shrimp in an Asian restaurant, but I must have some. So I'm going to be on the lookout for it. That's right. We're going to pack our belly so full of shrimp. You're going to make a seal jealous. Wow. Sounds like quite a night. Oh, and that's just the beginning. Dinner will be followed by a screening over at Chuck's with the greatest kung fu film ever made. Enter the dragon. Prepare to die, my dirty dragon. So their second act is Enter the Dragon, and now for the third act. And I love the way this scene, the scene turns from silly, them doing their little kung fu moves, to dead serious. The scene gets really serious here. And I love, <laughs> I love Sarah's face here as Chuck questions Morgan. He's like, I thought you gave up this stuff. It's pretty funny. Okay, and the third act can only be found here in Chinatown. There he is. Be cool. Hey, wait a minute. I thought you were off this stuff, buddy. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Chuck, right? Uh, Daddy needs his fix, you know? Dude. (laughs) I love that line by Morgan. Daddy needs his fix. (laughs) You know how I feel about fireworks? You know what? To defeat fear, one must embrace fear. Oh, it was fireworks the whole time. Morgan's not a crack addict. He's not buying heroin. He just wanted fireworks. Okay. Cut to the bamboo dragon. And let's check out the menu here. Barbecued chow mein, almond chicken, sweet and sour pork, kung pao chicken, green pepper beefsteak. Wait a second. I don't see sizzling shrimp anywhere on this menu. It must be a special thing Morgan orders. Oh, no, no, no. you got to be kidding me. They, they can't be closed. The evening with Morgan has to at least include sizzling shrimp. Morgan, it's okay. We'll do it another time. No, no, I got this. I got this. Lucky for us, I got connections. Well, you got to give them points for effort. My friend Ronnie's dishwasher leaves his key from in case of emergencies. So. <laughs> what is the setup? <laughs> Morgan knows the dishwasher who leaves a key to the restaurant so in case of emergency, so Morgan can just whip himself up some uh, Chinese food or something. If you think about it, Morgan has the hookups of like you know Ferris Bueller proportions here. He's he's got some ins and outs of restaurants, and he can get. Uh, meals, even when the place is closed for special engagements. It's good to know, Morgan. Hey, we got to make this quick. Ellie's waiting for us. <laughs> you hear that sizzle? It's like the sound of angels laughing. Wait. Well, so while they're waiting for Morgan to get some food, Chuck flashes on a girl's arm tattoo who works at the restaurant. That waitress, she's Mei Ling Cho, Chinese intelligence. So Chuck flashes on Mei Ling, Chinese intelligence. And I love the way uh, <laughs> Sarah goes, oh my God, right when Morgan walks up. Never stepped foot on U.S. soil before. Sizzling shrimp, anyone? Oh my God. Well, you can just call me Morgan, babe, but I uh, appreciate the enthusiasm. So here's the beginning of the plot kicking into gear. And, you know, it's an evening with Morgan. He's got plans with Morgan. They're going to eat sizzling shrimp and hang out. Just a few seconds ago, Chuck mentioned that we got to hurry. Ellie's waiting for us. So they're getting dinner for her, too. And now that he's seen Mei Ling, boom, Casey springs into action. And Chuck's plans are pretty much ruined. This is the woman you saw tonight? Yeah. Read through these. Twice. 
Let us know if you flash on anything. Call the director. Tell him we got a priority code orange. Uh, guys, is, is there any way that this can wait until morning? Because I, I kind of have a priority code Ellie in Morgan. They're waiting for us for dinner. China's top spy is in Los Angeles. We don't know why she's here or what she's planning to do. You, my friend, may be the only one who can figure that out. That's your priority. Copy? Copy. So it's national security for Chuck. He can't just hang out and chill. He's got to uh, study some files. <laughs> So because of Chuck being busy, he pretty much stood up Ellie for dinner and Morgan. I wonder if she's going to hold a grudge. Hey, sis. Morning. Mm-hmm. Or not. Could you pass the berry loops? Are you sure you don't want any sizzling shrimp? Right. You know, because we have a whole lot of that left over. Because I got back late last night. This is the point I'm trying to make. And you're making it very well. I want you to know that. And you notice how Ellie's also extra annoyed that Chuck left her with Morgan. Because at this point in Ellie and Morgan's world, he pines over her. She can't stand him. Right now, the thought of Ellie having to hang out with Morgan is pretty gross to her. But maybe that'll change over time. You know, it's one thing to let several pounds of shrimp go to waste. It's another to stand me up, but to leave me with Morgan? And I, I, I feel terrible about that. Believe me, I do. You know how much I adore sizzling shrimp. And you. More specifically, you. It's just, Sarah wasn't feeling well. But <laughs> Here's a great joke also that gets set up. What I said before, unfortunately, has to lie to his sister. I didn't say they were good lies. And this fictional ailment that he gives Sarah always makes me laugh. Oh, well, what is it? I'm a doctor. I believe uh, she had a spastic colon. Yeah. I know. A girl that beautiful with a colon that spastic. Well, you know what tomorrow is. Absolutely, yes. It's our, our very own October version of Mother's Day, and I, I wouldn't miss it for the world, I swear. I should hope not. But then again, I never figured that you would pass on sizzling shrimp either. Spastic colon, what the... I love that. What the... F- Notice that they mention there the their October version of Mother's Day. I think we'll learn more about that later in the episode. So cut to the buy more and Chuck's uh, been reading all the files looking for something to flash on. So far he hasn't found anything on Mei Ling. So I went over the Department of Defense files on Mei Ling again this morning. Sorry, no flashes. But not before Chuck learns that tonight he's going to get to do his very first stakeout. Oh, she's here for a reason. Maybe you'll flash on something tonight. Tonight? Yeah, we're running a surveillance up on her. We're going to tailor see if you flash on anyone she's talking to. Might tell us why she's here. My first stakeout. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do I need to bring? Sweater? Light jacket? You just bring that computer in your head, huh? Okay. You know what? I have a lot more to offer this team other than the intersect. For instance, what are we doing for tunes tonight? I can make a stakeout mix. One thing we'll know throughout the history of Chuck is, man, he's good at doing mixes. (laughs) Now let's cut to the green shirt sales meeting with Big Mike. Sales are down, people. There's too much horsing around. And what this team needs is some good old-fashioned motivation. I couldn't agree with you more, big man. 24-hour sales competition starting now. First prize, iPhone. Second prize, large pizza, two toppings. Third prize. And then Morgan chimes in, don't say small pizza. Don't even say small pizza, all right? Because that's not a prize. That's, that's a punishment. Now I eat a small pizza, and oh, am I still hungry? I'm angry. And you wouldn't want me hungry and angry, right? Because then I get kind of cranky. And I get a little mean. I think I get sleepy. Third prize is you get to keep your job. Oh. Last prize. 
you're fired. Doesn't sound like much of a prize either, am I right? So Morgan learns that if he's last place in this sales competition, he's fired. And now, do you guys remember me talking about that weird device that McG used in the pilot? And that is where the characters at the Buy More look directly at the camera. So now we have Morgan doing his sales pitch to different customers, and he's staring directly at us. This is a device that we'll see from time and again on the show. Uh, it'll be Big Mike, and later on it'll be characters like Emmett, but we'll get to that later. Let me show you the deluxe model. Okay, now supposedly this baby makes delicious milkshakes. You probably want to hold off on the calories some, huh? So let me show you the exercise equipment. They're actually right over here, so... It's for the game by the big screen, man. Game's over, return it. Break it. Kick a freaking hole in the thing. Money back guarantee, dude. We'll even pick it up for you. This is crazy. I know I'm the salesman, but uh, how much you want for your shirt? Because I've been looking for something to go with my beard, you know, and this thing is just... Actually, you know what? Let me see the label. Can I just... So we learned that Morgan sucks at being a salesman, but we knew that anyway, didn't we? Grimes! You are the worst salesman I've ever seen. Vultures are circling. Get it in gear. So Morgan goes to Chuck for help. Come on, he needs help from his buddy. But we already know that Chuck has plans. He has his first stakeout tonight. We're in trouble, Chuck. Harry Tang's plan to eliminate us has gone into full effect. Sales competition? Yeah, man. I think you can carve out about an hour after work. Help me with my sales technique. Tonight? Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I No can do. I already made plans with Sarah tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, tomorrow, me and you, a little Morgan time, huh? Tomorrow I've got Mother's Day with Ellie. I could only miss that if there was a major national emergency, so to speak. And what we get here is, I think, another Chuck Star Wars reference. Tell me if you agree with me. Dude, it's me, all right? Now I'm begging you here. I'm, I'm on my knees, you know, hat in hand, that sort of thing. Help me, Chuck Bartowski. You're my only hope. Okay, okay. I'm going to go out with Sarah tonight. I'm going to try and wrap that up early enough to get back here, help you, and then I'll hang out with Ellie tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I can make that work. I knew I can count you, bro. So we have the beginning of Chuck writing checks his ass can't cash. So let's cut to the stakeout, and a bogey's approaching at six. Hey, we got a bogey at six o'clock here. Excuse me, someone sending an order for sizzling shrimp, uh, Mr. Carmichael? Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me, I'll take that. Thank you very much. You go ahead and keep the change. Well, thank you. Have a good night. What's funny about this is Sarah seems genuinely amused by it, but Casey seems pretty annoyed. The idea behind a steakhouse is to remain inconspicuous, you moron. Uh, hello. That's why I used an alias. So now we're introduced to Ben Lopan. Played by the great James Hong. Now, hopefully, I don't need to tell you this. Hopefully, you already know this. But James Hong played David Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of the best movies ever made by John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell. How awesome is that? He also played the dude who made eyes in Blade Runner. I made your eyes. So this guy is a totally awesome character actor that's been in some fantastic movies. Come on, he played Hannibal Chu in Blade Runner and David Lopan 
in Big Trouble in Little China, and now he's in Chalk playing Ben Lopan. I love so much the fact that this early in Chuck's run, they're they're admitting their love for Big Trouble in Little China. At least that's what I take from this. Hey, I think we have some company. Who's that? Old Ironside's Ben Lopan. He's the local big shot businessman. Owns like half of Chinatown. And then we see Mei Ling come out of the restaurant, and she's in pursuit. And here Chuck gets the rules on how to tail someone. Hey, 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 she's going to get ahead of us. No, well, good. Always leave a 30-yard cushion from your target on a tail. She's following Ben Lopan's limo. Oh, a tail on a tail? What, does, that, does that mean like a 60-yard cushion, or would you say that regular tail rules apply in this situation? What's funny, you know, I'm not a big gun nut or anything, but when uh, Casey says Glock's in a crotch rocket, my kind of girl, I can see from, I, I know he's far away, but I can see plainly that they're not Glocks, they're metal pistols, some kind, but Chuck, he corrects him pretty quickly because he flashes on the guns. Glock's in a crotch rocket, my kind of gal. Those aren't Glocks. They're Chinese Army issue pistols. So Chuck immediately assumes that Mei Ling's there to assassinate Ben Lopan. She's not here on a spy mission. She's here to assassinate the guy in the wheelchair. You sure? Yeah, pretty sure. You know, locked away in the brain here. I mean, I'm not bragging. The intersect's doing all the heavy lifting. Okay, we can't wait for the cops. By the time they get here, Mei Ling or Ben Lopan may be dead, or both. Mei Ling could be a small part of a larger operation. We need her alive. We want to find out what she knows. We catch her. Chinese spy has a lot we'd love to hear. And then we learn Chuck's four favorite words. All right, Chuck, pull the car around front. What? Oh, and around the front? Okay, then what do I do? Stay in the car. My four favorite words. But then we learn Morgan's four favorite words. Hey, Chuck's not here, Morgan. My four favorite words. Get out. Not favorites, but at least we're dialoguing. He's on a date with Sarah. I'll tell him you stop by. I would appreciate that. He's supposed to be helping me right now. If I don't become a better salesman by tomorrow night, I could get fired. Although, I guess I could just crash here until I land on my feet. As inspired as that makes me to help you, I would rather just change the locks. I'll let myself out. Now my four favorite words. Ouch, Ellie. <laughs> now let's cut to Chuck on a stakeout, and uh, he's taunting a shrimp. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Oh, don't eat me, bro. Oh, you're dead. Come on. And then Chuck puts in his stakeout mix, and we get some awesome hollow notes, private eyes. Come on, guys. Who doesn't love this song? Are kind of fun. I think it's hilarious that uh, <laughs> this little bit here. On, I honestly don't think we would notice this on first viewing, and perhaps I didn't. But since I am a connoisseur of Chuck and I love Tim Jones's music, I think it's funny that this Hong Kong nightclub is playing Tim Jones music. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. This uh, the Chuck. Uh, whenever something silly happens theme uh, is playing in the nightclub. It's just hilarious. It was crowded. Is he here? No. Hey, in the list? Captain here, now! Easy. Federal agents. 
against the wall. Come on, you're making a big mistake. Your boss is in danger. So as shootouts go in Chuck, this one's pretty awesome. Mei Ling's got some pretty badass moves. And here they employ the uh, freeze framing during action moments, which I think is kind of funny. But this is a pretty cool little action scene. Chuck has no idea this is going on because he's listening to Dr. Stu, I think. Hey, let's go to Tommy from Canoga Park. Dr. Stu, he has some questions about his fantasies. But now the bad guys who are shooting at Mei Ling are now shooting at Casey and Sarah. They think we're with her. What? They think we're with her. No kill shots. I hate playing nice. But finally, Chuck notices that there's actual gunshots going on. Fantasies with... Um, Gunshots. Gunshots. Listen to Sarah in case you stay in the car. (laughs) But I love when... (laughs) But I love Chuck sees uh, Ben Lopan coming out of the club. He's like, hey, the wheelchair guy, and he wants to go help him. That's so sweet, Chuck. Hey, the wheelchair guy. Hey, let me help you get out of here. Yeah, help me. Help me. A lady's trying to kill me. My car. There's this cool part where Mailing does this like running flip over a dude's head and shoots him at the same time. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty wicked, yo. I love when Chuck brings low paint over to his limo. They bring out Mailing's brother and he's tied up, and Chuck's like. Hey, why is that guy tied up? <laughs> He's like, that's not nice. I'm gonna find it. Here, here you go. Here's your guy. Hey, why is he tied up? Throw him in the trunk. What's the trunk? That's not very nice. Why would you? But then Mei Ling comes around the corner, guns blazing. Hold on a second. I just, I was just trying to help an old guy in a wheelchair who puts people in trunks. But then Mei Ling reveals to Chuck just who Ben Lopan is and what she's doing there. You idiot. That old man is triad. Chinese mafia. That was my brother he threw in the trunk. Your brother? You, you were trying to rescue him until you got in the way. Federal agent, drop your gun. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Are you hurt? No. What the hell just happened? She was just trying to rescue her brother. I guess I was wrong. I blew it. So Chuck feels bad about the whole low pain getting away with Mailing's brother, but uh, what's he going to do? He's got to go to work. He's a nerd herder. What are we carpooling now? Just heard back from Washington. They confirm Mailing's story. Brother Lee chose a low-level bureaucrat from Beijing. He was kidnapped on a business trip to L.A. by local triads. I love when Sarah shows up. She's filling Chuck in on the whole mailing thing while picking lint off of him and fixing his hair. It's pretty funny. The uh, Chinese received a ransom call asking for the release of a triad captain in Beijing. They refused. Mei Ling was here on her own. 
the government never signed off on a rescue up. What's the connection to the guy in the wheelchair? Well, the feds have always suspected that he had triad roots, but they could never prove it. Okay, so what do we do now? Nothing. Stay out of it. So Chuck wants to know what they're going to do about this. How are they going to help Maylene get her brother back? Well, hold on a second. I watched that guy get stuffed into a trunk, and it's because I got it wrong. We're not going to start an international incident over someone not even the Chai Coms care about. Let it go, Chuck, huh? Sarah, I screwed up, okay? It's my fault. Her brother's going to die, and it's all my fault. No, it's her fault. She went off the grid, and she disobeyed orders coming here. Yeah, but her superiors didn't even give her a choice. Come on. Sarah, I'd have done the same thing. If it was Ellie, I'd have done the same thing, minus the shooting apart the club part. And then Sarah tells Chuck something that's pretty disturbing when you think about it, that you just have to get over it. We can't save everyone. That sucks. What the hell? I know how you feel. It was hard for me, too, when I first started. But the truth is, we can't save everyone, Chuck. So cut to the buy more break room and it's hilarious. Morgan's looking at the sales competition chart and of course he sold nothing. Even John has sold some stuff. And then Jeff and Lester walk up and they try to explain to Morgan how sales competitions work. Mike must not have been clear about how a sales competition works. The idea here, Morgan, um, is to sell things. I can't get fired. How will I eat? I'll starve on the soup line. And I love when Morgan says, I hate soup. I hate soup. Mm. All right, soup is not a meal. Well, it's hardly an appetizer, for God's sake. I can I have your locker, dude. Uh, I call his buy more windbreaker. Fine, but I get his name tag. Fine. Can I say something? And I love when Morgan says, you guys don't want me gone because who else will take the butt of all the jokes? You guys don't want that. And then Morgan quickly realizes they would love that. Oh, yes. You guys need me, okay? Because with me gone, someone else is going to have to be the butt of all the jokes. Let me tell you something, Jeff. You don't want to carry that mantle. Maybe you do want to carry that mantle. Maybe we'll take that mantle. Right? Yes. Listen, you're not going to let me take the bullet on this one, right, guys? Yes, absolutely. Nice knowing you. <laughs> I love, uh, okay, the phone rings at the nerd herd desk and Chuck answers it and someone says, I'm looking at you right now. And he's like, oh, you're looking at me. <laughs> it's just kind of funny and silly. Uh, sometimes Chuck is a silly dude. Nerd herd, Bartowski speaking. I'm looking at you right now. Oh, yeah, you're looking at me right now. <laughs> Who is this? Let's just say you owe me for ruining my rescue operation. Mei Ling. Put your hand down. If you signal your friend, it's the last thing you'll ever do. I like the way Mei Ling says, by the way, nice mustard stain. <laughs> by the way, nice mustard stain. So basically, Mei Ling is calling for help. She's doing it in a kind of threatening way, but she needs help. The triads have her brother, and Chuck wants to help, but then Morgan kind of interrupts things. What exactly do you want? The triads put a clock on my brother's life. He dies in nine hours if I don't do something. Okay, yeah, about that, about that. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. And if there's anything that I could do to make up for it... Help me rescue him. I'm a dead man. Dude, I'm in last place in the sales competition. If you do not help me, I'm going to get fired. One word to him, and you're a dead man, too. Not now, Morgan, please. I have a really, really upset customer. Did... Listen to me. Listen to me. I, I, I'm a good Samaritan. I just helped the wrong guy. But Mailing's not stupid. She knows that Chuck has handlers. She followed them. I, I help people run computers, not rescue operations. I told you and your handlers. You have a team watching your every step, which means you can help and you will. I'll be in touch soon. 
So cut to the Wienerlicious, and Chuck is pitching them on maybe getting Maylink to defect. Maybe they could maybe help her in return or something. So listen, I've been thinking a lot about last night, and you know, you guys were talking about how the spy could be valuable to us. And so I was thinking, what if we could convince her to, I don't know, like uh, give up some secret stuff? Or... You mean defect? Defect, yes. <laughs> But I love that Chuck's only information about defecting comes from movies. And <laughs> People do that kind of thing all the time, right? The Hunt for Red October, uh, White Nights. White Nights, Gregory Hines, Brishnikov, Dancing the Way to Freedom. Well, as long as you've done serious research on the subject. You get her to defect, I'll help rescue her brother personally. Why are you bringing this up? Well, she sort of just called me. She called you? Where? At the Buy More. I think she might have been in the store, too, because she knew my every move. She even knew that I had mustard on my tie. What? Hey, where are we? Hey, wait a minute. So as Casey and Sarah are scouting the store for Mei Ling, Chuck takes the time to apologize to poor Morgan. He hasn't been there for him, and poor little buddy's going to get fired. Hey, hey, Morgan. Hey, buddy. Listen, I'm, I'm really sorry about last night. I, I got home really late. Yeah, no, I sweat it, man. It's just my livelihood at stake. What about tonight? Maybe after Mother's Day. Working double shifts, you know. It's my last chance to kind of make enough sales to uh, not get fired. Thanks, that Paul. But I love Jeff comes out of nowhere and startles Chuck. Chuck, ha! there's a delivery of hard drives in the storage cage you need to sign for. Great, thank you, Jeff. But the delivery person turns out is Mei Ling. And I love Chuck. <laughs> Why does Chuck say this? I don't know. But he's like, please tell me that's not real. The gun. Oh, hey. I think that's for me. Please tell me that's not real. The gun on the clipboard. Real enough. But Chuck quickly explains to her that they will help her if she would just agree to defect. Come on, it's not that big a deal, right? How, how good could China be anyway? I mean, come on. This is Burbank. Burbank's awesome. Listen, listen, they agreed to help if you would just defect. What? But it's really not that bad here, you know. The Chinese food's pretty good. Have you tried sizzling shrimp? Drop the gun! Drop the move! Who? Let go of him. Shoot me, I shoot him. Hey, hey, I got an idea. How about a new plan that involves less shooting? Casey, Casey, you agreed to help if she defected, right? I would never. Why, too much loyalty to your government? The same one that left your brother for dead? If I defect, I can never go back to China. I will never see my brother again. And if you don't, you lose him forever, and you don't want that. Guys! Promise Mei Ling you'll help rescue her brother if she defects, please. Please? Promise. Now let the kid go. How do I know I can trust you? You don't have any other choice. <laughs> what I love is uh, <laughs> they're looking at the blueprints of Ben Lopan's estate. Casey's about to make a faux pas of the, like, white on rice. And <laughs> Sarah's like, thank you, Casey, and stops him. It's pretty funny. It's a floor plan of Ben Lopan's estate. My intel says they're holding my brother here, near the center of the mansion. Getting in's one thing, getting out's going to be the real trick. Lopan's got a private army of security guards. When those alarms go, they're going to be honest like white out. Thank you, Casey. But cut to the Bartowski household, and this is now Ellie and Chuck's Mother's Day. And they will explain later what this Mother's Day means, because, you know, obviously it's the wrong time of year for Mother's Day, but it's their special night, Ellie cooks, and it's just a brother and sister evening. Hey, what up, sis? Oh, good. Did you 
remember to defrost the chicken? You know that I did, and you know why? Because it's Mother's Day, and I'm here for you. <laughs> Veronica, brother returns. You need some help? Yes. <laughs> so this would be fun, just you and I. It's been a while. It's been too long. But tonight is all about brother-sister bonding, you know, catching up, catching up, by the way, with no distractions. But before the evening can commence, of course, Chuck gets a phone call, and it's Casey. And as soon as I answer this call, I will turn it off, I swear. Hello. It's Casey. Get over here. want to see if you flash on anything. What was that? Nothing, nothing. It's Casey. John Casey, my co-worker. They need some help with, uh, the... Decorating tips. Color swatches? I could help with that. No, 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 no. You don't want to do... No, that's very thoughtful of you. I really appreciate that. But he's a guy's guy. You know, he wants a man's opinion. He's a hunter, so he's really into hunting, and and he doesn't quite know which deer to mount on. Ew. (laughs) Well, you have a couple of hours before dinner, so I need to focus in the kitchen anyway. You sure? Yeah. But I love it. Before Chuck can leave, Ellie offers up some of her special guacamole, but she... (laughs) But she says, keep it away from Sarah with her spastic colon. <laughs> it's so funny that that joke keeps going on. I don't think Chuck even remembers that he told her that lie. That's how bad he is at lying. Oh, you know what? Why don't you take him some of my special guacamole? You know, like as a housewarming gift. That. Wow, thank you, sis. That's really thoughtful of you. Just make sure to keep it away from Sarah, though. This is definitely not good for her spastic colon. Yes, you got it right. Yeah, the spastic. Okay, I promise I will be back by eight. I promise. Now, Chuck fully intends to come over for a second, see if he flashes on anything, and get right back to Ellie. But Sarah says something about these special cameras that nobody knows anything about. And, you know, Chuck, what is he going to do? Lie and say he doesn't know anything? He knows something about the cameras, so he's got to help out. And just like that, he's now in on the mission. Can't really stay. All right, there are at least 10 guards we know of stationed at these points here, here, and here. The security cameras are TKX-50s. They're a little outdated, but they're equipped for remote access. Either of you familiar with them? I am. Yeah, we, uh, we used to sell them at the Bymore. I did a bunch of installs a few years back. They're pretty easy to access. Good. Everyone buddy helps. I'm sorry, me? No, 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 no. Look, as much as I wish that I could help you, I can't. I made plans with my sister that are non-negotiable. When I rewatch this episode, I think that Chuck is way too hard on himself. Like he says, he blames himself for low pain getting away with her brother. But really, all he did was push him up to the limo. I think Chuck's being a little hard on himself. What do you guys think? But, of course, I, I know that you wouldn't be in this mess if it weren't for me. I want to be with my sister, and you obviously really want to be with your brother. We're like one big, wacky, transatlantic family. I owe you. I'm in. Okay, fine. But you don't leave the van under any circumstances. I just need to be home by 8, if that's at all possible. And then we get the return of Tim Jones's awesome music that played in the Hong Kong nightclub as Casey, Sarah, and Mei Ling infiltrate Lopin's estate. And I love as they infiltrate the uh, compound, Chuck is on surveillance, watching their every move, talking on a headset, chiming in when necessary or unnecessary. Chuck. Chuck. Chuck, am I coming through? Yep, I got you. 
have liftoff. But while all of this is going on, cut to the buy more, and Jeff and Lester are having a buy more big gulp contest. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what they're doing, but he's trying to drink an entire big gulp in one gulp, I guess. Oh, half a big gulp. New record. I am Spartacus. And I love when Jeff says he's Spartacus. And poor Morgan, you know the guy's desperate if he comes to Jeff and Lester for help. Hey, guys. Uh, kind of need your help. Oh, last in the sales competition. Chuck not here to bail you out this time. Why else would I be here? You know, by helping you out, aren't we... Aren't we messing with the laws of nature? I mean, the weak die and the, the strong prevail. Who are we to play God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I'll give you half my pizza if I get in second place. The, the wounded, wounded raccoon. raccoon. Don't know what that is, but whatever works. Now, before we can find out what the wounded raccoon is, Morgan wants to try one last time to make a sale. It's a great product, huh? It's two gigs of memory, extended warranty. Yeah, it's a little pricey. But you know what? I'll take it. It's a gift for my sick nephew. Oh. Sick nephew, huh? Um... Tell you what, uh, don't tell anybody, but it's on sale at Large Mart. Save yourself 50 bucks. You'd give up a sale just to save me $50? That's so sweet. Ah, just, uh... You know what? Here, call me sometime for coffee. Wow, that's great. Morgan's really hit it off with this lady. He's done a nice act. She's given him her phone number. Everything's going to work out just fine. Coffee sounds great. Look at the little man. So weak. So pathetic. (laughs) And you wonder why you're last in sales and about to get fired. Maybe if you spent your time selling merchandise instead of trolling for phone numbers, you wouldn't be flat broke and living with your mother and be forced to to pick leftovers out of the garbage so that you could eat. Can I have my number back, please? I think, well, let me just... So the guys reveal to Morgan just what exactly the wounded raccoon is. Are you kidding me? What was that? The wounded raccoon. Yeah, you, you berate and humiliate the salesman in front of the customer, like so, which I, I thought we did very well. And the customer feels so bad that they'll, they'll buy anything. It's the, the pity sale. I always wondered if it worked. Guess not. No, it does not. It does not. Wow. Now let's cut back to the surveillance van. Chuck wants to be their eyes and ears on this mission. He's He wants them to succeed. He wants Mei Ling to get her brother back. But also, he doesn't want to be late to his Mother's Day dinner with Ellie. So, he's really nervous about that. I do this. I get antsy when I'm late to something or I need to be somewhere on time. It really eats at me. So, I can identify here with Chuck. But also, this is real serious business. So, he needs to pay attention. All right, listen. The guards are looking at a static loop. You're our eyes, Chuck. If you see any trouble coming, you let us know. Got it. Let's just make this quick. 7.15 is my curfew. Okay, we're going inside. Chuck, what do you see? Uh, let's see. Okay, I've got I've got one guard by himself at the security monitors. Thank you. Oh. Ow! Oh! Oh! Ow! <laughs> and I love how Chuck, you know, he's their eyes and ears. He's watching everything they do on their remote cameras, and him watching them take guys out is hilarious. Like, ooh. Ooh, ow! Good, good, good work, but let's not get cocky, hunting. Huh, Shut up, Chuck. What's next? 
Right. <laughs> and he's like, let's not get cocky. Wait a second, is this another Star Wars reference? No. Okay, okay. I've got I've got three guards in the kitchen area. We see him. Be careful. They're 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 bigger than the first guy. <laughs> and I love now Chuck's getting into all the little uh, karate chops and stuff. Alright, kicking butt. What happened to don't get cocky? My bad, professional faux pas. But then all of a sudden Chuck loses the feed. What the hell's going on? Wait. Hey, 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 what happened? I, I lost all visual on the security cameras. Guys. Guys. All I can see is what Casey's lipstick camera's picking up. But it turns out the whole thing's a setup. Lopan's been waiting for him the whole time. And also, it's funny how Casey keeps calling him Ironside. Get it? He's in a wheelchair, Ironside. Maybe it's not that imaginative, but that's, you know, that's Casey's sense of humor. Put down the book, Ironside. Hands up. But I love when Chuck goes, if you guys are seeing this, <laughs> all the guards rush in and Chuck's like, hey, if you guys are seeing this, you might want to run. Guys, if you're seeing this, you might want to run. You think? Perfect timing, Maylene. Your government has just refused my final offer for your brother. Hopefully they will change their minds. Now that I have two American agents to barter with. Sarah? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so the guys are captured, but Chuck's hiding in the van. And Casey takes a moment to warn Chuck, just go home, don't worry about us. Now, do you guys really think Chuck's just going to go home? Which, you know, Ellie is waiting for him there for the dinner, but he can't abandon his team. That's not the Chuck Bartowski way. Chuck, it's Casey. Don't talk. I can't hear you. Go home. Repeat. Go home. Do not call the cops. Don't do anything. Go home. Casey? Casey? But Chuck sees the side of the van and he knows exactly where they're taking them. We're taking them to the Bamboo Dragon? Okay, okay, all right. What are the rules for tailing? Tail rules. But you guys remember when Sarah told Chuck how to tail a car? 30-foot rule. 30, 30 yards. What was it, 30 feet? I should have taken notes. Oh, God. So how's Chuck going to save them? I mean, what is he going to do? There's, there's a triad gang that's captured them. They've got them at the Bamboo Dragon. And it's then that Chuck spots Morgan's fireworks dealer. <laughs> Do you like that? How things they establish earlier in the episode, they pay off later in the episode. Ah, I see how that works. Oh, he's going to kill me. Sorry. <sighs> yo, yo, yo. Uh, So poor Ellie, she's been waiting all night for Chuck, and uh, he never showed up. He missed their Mother's Day. He's got good reasons, but uh, she doesn't know that. Hey, Chuck, it's Ellie. Well, you've officially missed Mother's Day, which is a first, I might add. I just, I don't know what happened to you tonight, or in general. You know, the least that you could have done was call. I... Anyway, um, forget it. Bye. But uh, Morgan comes in through his Morgan door, and 
He knows exactly what's up because Chuck's been letting him down lately too. Now let's think about this for a second. As you watch this episode, you know what Chuck is up to and he has good reasons. They don't know. I'm wondering if when you watch this, you're like, oh man, they need to lighten up on Chuck. Or are you like me where you totally understand? From their point of view, all they know is this. Chuck has a new girlfriend and he's having a great time with her. Are things getting serious? They don't know. Maybe they are. But they're dating steady. So they don't want to lose their boy, Chuck. But they, they're happy for him. So what do they do? They make little plans like, this night is special. So set your time aside to do this. And of course, he doesn't show up. So that's why they're mad. I think they have every right to be mad. If you make plans with someone and they don't show up for those plans, then, you know, you're, you have a right to be a little miffed. Let me guess, Chuck's not here, right? That is becoming common around here. Yeah, tell me about it. I can't believe Chuck missed Mother's Day. You know, all I wanted was for him to meet a great girl, and he finally did, and now I never see him. You know what? Maybe we should sit Chuck down and force him to break up with Sarah. You know, dump her completely. Who needs her? <laughs> Kidding. Kidding, kind of. It's not that I'm not happy for him. I just miss him. No, I get it. Chuck's been through some tough times. Uh, getting kicked out of Stanford and then Jill breaking up with him. Uh, you know. You got him through all that. And no one knows that better than he does. Believe me. But this is also a great bonding moment for Morgan and Ellie. She's finally now listening to him. He's actually trying to make her feel better and she realizes that. So she's like... Okay, this this little twerp, I'm going to ask him how he's doing. How are things at work? Oh, awful. Thank you for asking. Yeah, there's this uh, sales competition, and I'm pretty much last. So what are you going to do? Same thing I always do. Get fired. Are you sure that you want to do that? Truth is, Chuck and I always complain how boring the Bymore is. So tomorrow I'm going to go up to Big Mike and do the only honorable thing left to do. What's that? Well, what any respectable warrior like Bruce Lee would do. Fall on my sword. Harry Carey. Fire myself. You mean resign? Yeah, okay, that sounds better, I guess. That's a great moment. I know it's been funny having her just be like, ugh, whenever Morgan walks in, but there's development here now. She's she's despising him a little less. He's a sweet guy. We start to see through Ellie what Chuck sees in Morgan. He's not just an annoying friend that pesters everybody. He's he's a genuinely loyal guy who's a nice guy that uh, means well. He just wants to be there for his buddy. Can you really fault him for that, guys? Now cut back to Chuck. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to be so dramatic. But now let's cut back to Chuck. He's setting off the fireworks in the van. Let's see if this works. Please let me keep my fingers... Go back. Okay, 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 okay. 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 I wonder if they've ever tried that on Mythbusters. If you have a bag full of fireworks, but you only light one of the fireworks, throw it in the bag, and then throw the bag into a van, will this big fireworks display happen or will just one go off and then that's it i'm just curious but of course for chuck it works 
Chuck makes his way into the freezer where they're holding the guys captive, and he's like, yell at me later. Let's just free you guys. And I love when he tells Mei Ling's brother, this is the part where we hide. And then all hell breaks loose, and they start kicking some ass. This is the part where we hide. I love the <laughs> I love that Chuck and Mailing's brother Lee are reacting to all the brutal punches and hits. They're like, oh, oh. it's pretty funny. Oh. But then Chuck sees that Ben Lopan is getting away, and I love this line <laughs> about Chinatown that Chuck does. It's hilarious. You know, all these action scenes are going on of Casey and Sarah and Mei Ling, but then I, <laughs> it's funny when you notice that it freeze frames on just Chuck's hand going on the wheelchair handle. That's like his little action there. And then he spins it around, and he's like, Forget it, Ben. It's Chinatown. You ever see that movie? Everybody's rescued. Everything's awesome. Except he comes home to a really bummed out Ellie. He stood her up on their Mother's Day. Maybe we'll learn more about what this is all about. Ellie. Ellie, I'm so, so, so sorry. What happened, Chuck? And I love how Ellie says, what happened? Were you kidnapped or something? And he's like, me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not him exactly, but uh, other people were kidnapped. But, of course, he can't tell her that. Were you kidnapped or something? Me? No. No, no. I, uh, I went over to Casey's. <sighs> I went to Casey's, Chuck. No one was there. Oh. When did we start keeping secrets from one another? You know what? Look, if, if, you'll, just, if you'll just let me explain. There's no need. I figured it out. But then Chuck tries to lie about, like, I was over at Casey's. And she busts him on that because she went over there. Come on, Chuck. You got to come up with something better than that. But then she says she's figured it out. She knows what's going on. And, you know, it's a thing that happens in TV where one person knows the secret. And the other person says, I know what's going on. And they're like, oh, my God, they know the secret. But that's not it at all. It's something else. I know. You do? You haven't had a girlfriend for a long time. And you're in love. <sighs> Yeah, I am. So Allie thinks all of this flakiness of Chuck is because he's in love, which might be true. But lying to me, missing our most important day, like, like you're in high school. I mean, do you even know that Morgan's about to be fired? Ellie, I can't apologize enough. I, everything that you're saying is right. I guess that I'm just so, um, I'm, I'm so head over heels. Um, that I'm not thinking straight, you know? And I really love this moment because it shows you how Ellie has basically been Chuck's cheerleader all this time. She's trying to tell him that he's he's a great person. He's got so much potential, etc. Hopefully, you know, we've all had people like that in our lives telling us, you know, don't settle. You're a great person. You can do this. And that's who Ellie is. But also at the same time, she just doesn't want to lose her, her brother. Listen, I know that this is the first big thing to happen to you in a while. And you feel like your life isn't going anywhere and your job's not either. And you're not Superman out there saving the day. But you're a good person, Chuck. You're a good brother and you're a good friend. 
Don't lose that. So I think basically what Ellie's trying to say here is she just doesn't want him to change. And the ironic thing is, he's yes, he's not Superman, but he is out there saving the day. In fact, he saved Casey, Sarah's, and Mei Ling's ass tonight. He did something heroic. And she's just worried her brother's going to change. And I don't think he will. Do you think, do you, do you think maybe that we could uh, reschedule Mother's Day for like tomorrow? I know that that is ridiculously unorthodox. I get, I get that. And I know that it's my fault that we'd even have to do it. But, um... I mean, it is our holiday, so I think we could make up our own rules. I say yes, you'll be there. I promise. And it's kind of heartbreaking how Ellie's telling him, you know, if there's anything going on with you, you can tell me. And the sad thing is, is no, he can't. He can't tell her. You know, if there's anything going on with you, life, girl, job, you can come to me. And it's funny, now we cut back to the Buy More and the same kind of visual tricks the director employed with the freeze frames and stuff are now being used with Morgan turning in his resignation. What's that? My letter of resignation. You got another job? No. Didn't think anyone else was stupid enough to hire you. So what's up? I'm last in the competition. Yeah, I know it's a shock that I'm last, but here we are. I now fall on my sword, head high, dignity intact. It's a Shaolin way. So Morgan is turning in his resignation to Big Mike, and uh, Lester shows up to tell Morgan that he's got a big spender on the line. And I also love the way he calls him a bearded buffoon. But also we get this cool piece of music by the band Envelopes called Sister in Love. I didn't even know of this song till I heard it in the episode. And then I checked it out on YouTube. And it's a really cool song. I really dig it. Hey, Morgan. There's a whale on the line demanding to see you. Uh, fish is calling? No, you bearded buffoon. A big spender. She wants to see you at checkout. If I were you, I would watch out. Ellie? Hey. I already know what I'm getting Chuck and Devin for their birthdays, so I figured I'd do some shopping early. And I love it's Ellie there purchasing stuff to help uh, Morgan. And I love the way Morgan says, I love you. (laughs) That'll be $733.42, ma'am. Did anyone help you? You did. I love you. Big man. Not quitting. No. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what's funny is Morgan goes to, goes straight to Big Mike. He goes, wait, I don't I don't quit. And he goes, good. You're the only Hispanic I have on the sales team. <laughs> what? You're my only Hispanic on the sales team. You quit, the affirmative action goes to be all over my ass. Oh, okay. Well, listen, I sold over $700 worth of stereo equipment. Puts me in second place. Means somebody owes me a pizza with two toppings. Pizza's for me, partner. But Big Mike also reveals that there are no prizes at all. The contest was just a ruse to get sales numbers up. Why, you sneaky... Do I get an iPhone? I don't even get a free iPhone. You think I'd give you jerks one? There are no prizes. And no one's getting fired. The competition was to get you bums to work harder. Looks like it worked. 
Chuck wants to apologize for not staying in the car, but uh, they congratulate him. He did a good job. Look, I'm I'm sorry, you guys. I know that you wanted me to go home, but I, I just couldn't, you know. Just turn one of China's top spies. And you helped save her brother. So good work, Chuck. Bye. I better be going. Got my own family reunion to attend. Yeah, hey, no, don't mention it. You're welcome. <laughs> it's nice. Mei Ling thanks Chuck for helping her out, but uh, he can't leave before she signs his work order at the Buy More. He's got to. It's got to look like he was doing a job. Uh, but before you go, w- would you mind? Uh, would you mind signing this? What is it? Oh, it just says that I was offsite fixing your computer and that you were satisfied with the level of customer service I provided. Oh, and this is great. This uh, When Chuck plays a song that I know and I love, it's awesome. Uh, Rogue Wave does a song called Lake Michigan that I think I heard for the first time on Chuck, but I eventually listened to Rogue Wave and their other music, and they're a great band, and I dig, dig their sound. So when I rewatch this episode and this song comes up, I'm like... Oh, great. I love this song. I love Chuck. I've got warm feelings all around. Chuck always knows how to wrap up episodes with those warm feelings. Good times. Hey, Chuck. But when Chuck arrives, Morgan's in the apartment. And, of course, at first he thinks, oh, no, me and Ellie are having a brother-sister night. And what is he doing here? But everything's okay. He doesn't realize that... Ellie and Morgan have bonded because they miss Chuck. And everything's going to be all right. Warm feelings, guys, didn't I tell you? Warm feelings. Morgan, Morgan, what are you... Buddy, I know that I haven't been around lately and or really been the best of friend, but uh, you know that Ellie and I have... Mother's Day, man. I know. I get it. I get it. It's okay. It. <laughs> it's okay. I invited him. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I told you he was going to come walking through that door, didn't I? He's such a good kid. Let me get some glasses. What? Uh, we bonded over an I Miss Chuck moment. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> where's, uh, where's Awesome? He couldn't get off work. But that must be Sarah. What? You invited her too? Well, I mean, she's your new best gal. How could I not? Ellie, you know you'll always be my best gal. Don't take this the wrong way, Chuck, but I hope not. Yeah, Morgan, now Sarah. It used to be just the two of us. Well, we're growing up. So she invited Sarah, too. That's awesome. And Sarah finally has to ask, like, what is the deal with the Mother's Day in October? Finally, we're going to figure out what this is, guys. Woohoo! We get, we're going to know. By the way, when Chuck opens the door and Sarah's standing there, she looks stunning. Wow. Hey. Ellie invited me. She, uh, insisted that I come. So, uh, Mother's Day. Yes, Mother's Day, that's right. You don't really know. Mother's Day is the anniversary of the day our mom left us. Our dad was here, but he was never really here. So now, every year we celebrate the day we learned how to take care of ourselves. And rely on each other. Mom left them. Their dad was around... But he wasn't really around, so they had to fend for themselves. 
interesting. And then we find them outside at the fountain, which, hey, if I lived in this apartment complex with the cool fountain out there, I'd probably hang out there a lot, too. There's a great scene here between Morgan and Chuck where, you know, he asks him about the sales competition, but Morgan explains that, you know, he's basically in love with Ellie. He has been a long time, and he's slowly been trying to win her over. I heard you came in second place thanks to Ellie. Chuck, oh, I've been I've been slow playing her for years, you know, and just sort of waiting in second position until she pretty much couldn't resist me anymore. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I would, however, like your blessing before I marry her. Oh, well, you know, whatever Ellie wants. I don't know, but are you ready to be my brother-in-law? Have a few uh, Morgan Bartowskis running around? Or Ellie Berettas? I, I would change my last name to Beretta for her, you know, because I think she deserves a last name that cool. Yeah, you know, like Ellie MacGyver or Ellie Headroom. I love that Morgan's example of a cool last name is Ellie Headroom. <laughs> but that's a great moment when she, he's like, she's behind me, isn't she? She's behind me right now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Heard everything. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I guess I'm going home. <laughs> I can't believe it. For 12 whole hours, my best friend and my sister actually got along. A Mother's Day miracle. Happy Mother's Day. Well, guys, that was Season 1, Episode 5 of Chuck vs. the Sizzling Shrimp. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As I've said, after every episode, I'm having a blast doing this show. I want to keep cranking these out and uh, deliver them to you in a timely manner. If you would, please go to chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. There you can check out my blog as I write about each episode as I do them. But also I'd like you to send me some feedback. Send me some uh, voicemail. Call 1-206-309-4729. Or you can send me a voicemail or email at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, guys, you can now subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just look up the Chuck Series Companion on iTunes. Subscribe. Give me a star rating. Give me a review. I want to show up to all the other Chuck fans out there. And also, whenever I learn that someone else loves Chuck as much as I do, I say this out loud to them. Oh, a fellow Chucker, eh? (laughs) I don't really do that, but I just wanted to play that drop. That's Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles, so he's a huge Chuck fan, too. Oh, a fellow Chucker, eh? Yep, I'm a fellow Chucker, and I hope you're a fellow Chucker, too. Actually, you know, I've read, like, on Twitter and stuff that uh, a lot of Chuck fans are called Chucksters. So, a fellow Chuckster, eh? (laughs) But I want to find more of you Chuck fans, and we can all appreciate the show together. Thank you so much for listening, and until then, I'll see you next time. I am Spartacus. Now this is podcasting. Podcasting.